0: hope to culture podcast. Hey, go on, buddy? Good, mate. Good. How are you? Good. That was almost a slip then. Almost. Happy the bat. I was
1: going to let it slide, but you made a laugh at it. So, you know, I'll have to poke <laughs> fun at you now.
0: ah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's what, two now. We'll keep count. It'll be a little, little tally. I'll we'll have to do a drink at the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> or 100th. Geez, we'd be coming up to a year, wouldn't we? That's not far uh, now.
1: If my memory serves me correct, I think this is episode 43. Yeah. So we're getting there, getting there for sure.
0: Yeah. it's Time flies and you're having fun. It's pretty crazy, really. Yeah, I know. Start out as a bit of a chat and then yeah. you want to do a podcast? Yeah, let's do it. Mm. The,
1: I think the funniest part is, is even though we record these podcasts and let's say they go for an hour or two, especially if it's just you and I, there's like another yeah. hour or two either side of it where we're yeah, just well. mucking around, chatting. Well, we've definitely been half an the hour ball. already. Oh yeah, since we've originally jumped on, yeah, for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, but, it's good, um, man. I'm it's been busy. happening, mate. Busy.
1: Well, as we kind of alluded to last week, I've got a baby on the way, so yeah, that is, I think we'll talk about it a little bit more now, maybe just because it's all out in the open. Thank you. Thank Obviously, you. I've
0: already said it. I've known for
1: quite a while, but I think you knew since like we found out, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. I think it was, yeah. Because I was shitting myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were actually. That's right, but yeah. um. Yeah. yeah, so that's, you've got that's now everyone probably knows why you're, you're downsizing. Yeah, doing all those different things it kind of makes sense to a few people now as well.
1: Exactly, like it was one of those things where I kind of wanted to do a bit of a downsize anywhere and anyway and take like a little bit of pressure off myself. But this
0: is like yeah. a major reason to do it. So yeah, good reason to do it. Definitely, like if you think of your space and this and that, like that's that's pretty much the reason why I got rid of everything too. Mm. It was time and then we obviously had our first kid and it was just hectic. Like I didn't have time. Obviously because I was working long hours in the city as well, that didn't help. So it was like, you know, I just never had time. So I was like, in a way, like I've said numerous times, I wish I didn't get rid of everything. I wish I kind of did what you did, just got rid of the stuff that I wasn't so interested in. Like I was still interested in, but, you know, it wasn't stuff that I'm kind of getting back into now. Yeah. You know?
1: I'm kind of lucky in that sense where I'm I'm learning from your, not mistakes, but what you've done, like your process. Yeah. And I've gone, I think I'd drive myself mental if I was to get rid of everything. So this this room that I'm in is definitely staying. Yeah. Um, the other room is a little bit sketchy as to what's happening. So I'm starting to empty that a little bit. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. You know, at the end of the day, like I'm excited about it. I am obviously doing a lot of stuff in this room i just saw a hopping mouse jump onto the ceiling of the enclosure um yeah so it it, it's you know it's been busy i've been selling animals left right and center and trying to organize people and you know obviously you've got a whole heap of them so at least i know they're in a safe spot so yeah it it is kind of crazy though like yeah went out and got the the family car on the weekend yeah biggest and most expensive car i've ever owned (laughs) good car though yeah, just, it seems pretty solid. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, um, you know, just trying to line everything up. Even, uh, when was it? Yesterday, I bought my first box of diapers and nappies. <laughs> I was looking at these things and I'm like, I don't even know
0: how to operate one of these. <laughs> Mate, <laughs> but- you get a crash course really quick. I remember, I don't know if it was the first time, because obviously there was like we had a few. Um, there's a couple of like the con not the complications, but when my son was born and um, my wife wasn't like she didn't come straight to see him. She was like up for a couple of hours before she came in. Yeah. And I remember I remember the first, no, it wasn't the first time I changed, I changed his nappy, but I, it might have actually been the next day. I was so sleep deprived. Obviously, my wife was too. And then like I took his nappy off and I just forgot to put one back on. And I'm standing there and I'm like holding him like he feels different I'm like <laughs> what the heck and it's like you know because obviously you, you like you're holding you you can feel the nappy like down there yeah. I'm like he feels different what's going on here and I laid him down I'm like, oh, I didn't put a bloody nappy on him I'm like <laughs> oh so I just you know put it on and then yeah
1: yeah i but, uh... I've been trying to, like, as I've been saying to you, I've been buying a bit of camping gear and stuff because I think that's kind of like my saving graces. I want to try to be able to get out on the weekends and stuff and just experience nature a bit more. Um, yeah. Wife's kind of trade-off, you know. If I'm going to stay living in Sydney, then I need to be able to get out of Sydney on the weekends. That's that's my idea anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, yesterday, so I bought a, bought a bunch of camping gear and I was like, oh, I'm going to be in so much trouble when I get home, you know, because... Dan's been putting the pressure on. She's like, no, we need to start buying baby stuff. So came home with a big box of diapers, came back with, you know, like a whole bunch of like neutral-colored onesies and stuff like that because we, we're leaving it as a surprise, like little beanies and just like little clothes and stuff just so we've got something for yeah. when the kid first comes home. And, uh, yeah, she pretty much went into like a happy tears meltdown as soon as she saw all that sort of stuff. Like her emotions yeah. are on an all-time high. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's quite, quite cool to see her. Look, I just felt weird walking around the shops with, like, all these little tiny clothes. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. was like, this is actually me now, you know? Like, yeah. Like, I'm going to have to get
0: used to this, but, yeah. And then you wash them and hang them out, and you're like, you're used to hanging out, like, you know, big T-shirts and, like, shorts. Then you're hanging out these, like, tiny little T-shirts and singlets and onesies, and you're like, you know, a load of baby clothes washing, is nothing compared to your load of washing. So, like, you do load of washing, and you're like, it looks really empty. But, like, you look how much clothes is actually in there compared to, say, your clothes. It's like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, a bit of a weird out, really. <laughs> it is, but it's it's the best thing you'll ever do, I reckon.
1: Yeah. No, I'm excited. I'm I'm really pumped because you know, especially after watching you and your kids and stuff like that, and how Julesy's getting involved with, like, you know, your dragon eggs and stuff like that. He's getting excited by everything, you know. I can see my future going that way, and like I came home with one of those like uh, daddy baby carriers where you can like carry the kid on your chest or whatever, yep. you know, facing forward or backwards or whatever, yeah. And Dan's like, "Oh, you got one?" and I'm like, "Yeah, well, it's going bushwalking before its bloody eyes are open, <laughs> <You
0: know? laughs> like, yeah." They're so good those things, eh? Yeah, well, I wouldn't those know carriers. But, yeah. yeah, they're amazing, amazing.
1: I thought I'd get one because I'm like, oh, I'm not going to stop bushwalking, and if I have to look after no. a kid, and then the kid's coming with me, so.
0: But it's a thing. Like, say if you know, because it's obviously hard on your, your misses and that. Like, mm. you you can just go for a walk with a baby, and you know, Danny could sleep. Mm. You know, like one thing everyone tells you is is you know you don't get much sleep, but then it's you don't realize how much sleep you don't actually get until you have one. <laughs> but like you know that that extra that hour or something that Danny gets is like gold to yeah. a mother. Like you know, because there obviously my wife breastfed, so it was a bit more. You know, if if it was if our kids were bottle fed, I could probably get up and do it. But when they're breastfed, I couldn't do anything. And then you get to a point like you'd wake up, but then it gets to a point where like you know that you don't have to wake up. Like so, you just kind of start sleeping through all that stuff. And then you you feel bad at the end of the day. Like, but I was back at work and that. But it is what it is. Like I can't do anything anyway. Yeah. But um, yeah. But you know that during the day the baby's like nap time and safe the baby falls asleep when you carry him you just go for a walk and then danny can have a nap and you're going for a walk in the bush and you know yeah everyone's happy baby's asleep you're getting your nature fix yep. danny's getting sleep like you know it's the best of both <laughs> best of both worlds. so well, that's the
1: idea we'll, you yeah. know, we'll see how it actually plays out at the end of the day but yeah hopefully hopefully that that's all that kind of happens but um yeah no really excited really really yeah. excited so she's 22 weeks this Thursday so by the time this podcast comes out she would have cracked that so yeah she might go a little bit early because of the gestational diabetes that she's unfortunately got but yeah about end of July or early August I'm gonna (laughs) have a child
0: (laughs) you just feel like what the heck do I do with this (laughs)
1: Uh, what size rat do you
0: take again yeah that's right (laughs) how many days incubation was it (laughs) Uh, does the temperature determine sex (laughs) yeah yep oh man that's this is some awesome jokes but yeah it's yeah you'll love it man that's why i had a laugh when i put it up
1: on my facebook page i'm like i've got to make this a little bit hilarious and at least make it a little bit reptile related and you know threw a bunch of those jokes in about becoming a proven breeder and all the rest of it yeah i don't know (sighs) good fun Anyway, we're not here to talk babies. Ten minutes nah. in, we're still waffling on around my unborn kid. Um, so, yeah, what's been happening on your end of this stuff? You, you've got a yeah. few new products there, don't you?
0: Products, yes. Um, so I bought a bunch of uh, Miss King nozzles. Well, I shouldn't say Miss King Aren't nozzles, they? should I? <laughs> they're, uh, yeah, some nice generic nozzles, but uh, they're awesome, eh? Because I'm struggling to find them anyway, man, and... Mm. You know, I've got, I had one, whoops, I had one, but obviously I need a few more. Yeah. But then I jumped online and bought these, but just got to test them out and. See how they go. i post some pictures up and do that thing a bit later on, see how yeah. they go. So, but then I think my Miss King might have shot itself. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in, I'm like, oh, I might just do another bit of a spray. Turned it on, nothing happened. So I'm gonna do one that a quick look after this make sure it's not a pump down so
1: hopefully it's just a clogged line or something along those lines
0: <sighs> has to be something like that something easy yeah. i reckon they're pretty solid pumps they don't just like it's actually like you can hear it yeah there's just no water coming out someone might have a couple of blood even a blocked nozzles too who knows yeah bit of crap in there so
1: you haven't turned off a tap somewhere you know like sometimes you got like a tap out yeah, of the no. reservoir
0: or anything you've checked all those I check that one yeah yeah, blew the line, but we'll have a look. I'll have a bit of a better look after. So, yeah, but, um, yeah, I've got, a, I've got another book coming too. Do you? Yeah. What'd you get? I, um, so the only book in the Danny Round series that I don't have was the Turtles one.
1: Oh right, Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And that one's been sent today. Thanks oh, to sweet. Nigel. So, he popped Nigel it up and I was like, yep. yep. I was like, oh, I need that one. Jumped on it straight away. So, <laughs> The only one I don't have, but now I completely forgot about that one too. So I was like, yeah, I thought I thought I had the whole set, but clearly I was wrong. So.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. What
0: about you? You picked up some new books too, didn't you? Yeah, I got a bunch of books. I'm actually trying to find another one. Maybe I'll lift it on my
1: bedside table. Um, but, yeah, no, I got uh, The Green Guides, Guides to Snakes and Other Reptiles of Australia, Frogs of Australia and... Mammals of Australia. So the Snakes and Frogs are by Jerry Swan and the Mammals of Australia is by Terence Lindsay, but they're just like little pocket guides essentially. Yeah. I um, uh, actually got these from – where did I get them from? Dorigo when I was with Dorigo. Todd. Yeah, yeah, because we were going through there and they had like a mad uh, rangers kind of stationy thing in the national park there where they had a whole bunch of products and yeah – kind of went mad and just bought a whole bunch of little guides and I also got this Reptiles of Australia by Peter Rowland and Chris Farrell, the naturalist guide, the Australian National Geographic.
0: Just didn't have that one. The, that's the first edition one, I think. There's yeah, two, I, I two think, versions of that.
1: I think so because I think I've got the other one here somewhere.
0: It's a um, blue one, I think.
1: Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, but no, I just saw it and I was like, oh, these are all pretty cheap little books. And Yeah end up grabbing them i should i actually like honestly i reckon if i had a thousand dollars that i could just blow i would have blown a thousand dollars on the books there because they had some really <laughs> mad books on like rainforest plants and trees and stuff like that as well yeah. which were you know like 50 60 dollar books and like all sorts of other stuff like birds whatever like they had such a like it was like half half a library there you know but yeah i, I reckon if i just had a thousand dollars to burn i could have easily Short done of. that just on books there yeah, yeah it's really good and it was kind of kind of crazy because, you know, Todd and I have just walked around the whole rainforest during the day and then come back out and found that and we're like, Oh, sweet. And I know uh, Todd Treasure Chest. Yeah, Todd picked up like a little um, I think it was like a plant guide that one of the rangers in that that particular station had actually nutted out himself and he'd like done all the plants from the rainforest, or as many certain species or something like that. I'd love to see that book. See, it wasn't like a book; it was like a portfolio a that somebody that wow. had made. Yeah, so it was like all like handmade, you know. Obviously, just printed out on a computer or something like that. But it yeah. was really cool, and yeah, when, to to, when Todd was purchasing it, the guy that was behind the counter was like so stoked that Todd was getting it too, because you could tell that like obviously that meant the most he to did. them. There, yeah. You know,
0: so yeah, it's pretty cool. See, that's 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 awesome. Like, obviously, the plants are in that region, so it's almost like you go on a holiday. And you're buying something that's from. there's like you know, people buy postcards and stuff like that. But that is a part of that region. And mm. if you keep species that are in that region, and you want to do naturalistic or buy or whatever, you've got like almost a list of plants that are in that region, if you can find them, obviously. But you know, it can help you with your setups. You can identify plants as well. You know, yep. if you're walking through the bush, you can be like, oh yeah, identify a bunch of the plants as well. I actually thought it was really crazy because they had
1: a bunch of the rainforest plants, like tube stock plants for sale out the front of this place. Wow. But it was like a cash only donation and COVID, no cash. No cash, yeah. You know, Todd and I were both looking at each other because I was like, oh, well, these would be perfect for like Boyd's and Green Trees. And he's going, you know, my geckos, you know, it's thinking, yeah. thinking about that side sort of things, of course. And um, yeah. Like, yeah, if I had 50 bucks, I would have just given it to him so he could have gone nuts because they were, like, you know, 3 to $5 each. They were nothing. And he
0: could have gotten, like, all these crazy rainforest species. Yeah, that sounds like a, it might be worth a trip just going up there just to check that place out. I had, I had such a ball there, hey.
1: That was such a nice spot because, like, the campsite was, like, a generic kind of campsite, but it was a good campsite, apart yeah. from the cows that kept us up all night. But, um yeah, and then, like, you know, just being able to go and walk through the rainforest and stuff during the day and, you know, oh, it was a pretty cool rangers kind of station cafe thing there as well with some awesome views, you know. So it was – yeah, it had everything. I was, I was showing Danny some of the videos from it and she, even she was, like, pretty keen to go and stay there. So it's if she's keen to go life, there, man. then, you know, anybody
0: should be keen to go there. Yeah. she's no, not it's much of a camper. beautiful. By. Really beautiful. Good part of the earth. But, um, yeah, no, that's – um. Yeah, I spill like I couldn't make that, but next time, eh?
1: shit happens, mate. We'll get you that's out of it.
0: One. I know, but um, yeah, that's a good little score in that reptiles book as well. That first one, because that's mm. that's the same series that Scott's books are in. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Speaking, he's got a new one coming out too. So, I think I pre-ordered it already. Yeah. So
1: die two copies. I think. <laughs> of course. I don't even <laughs> remember what it was. I feel bad now. I saw, saw it come up and I was just like, I'm just going to pre-order it. You don't know
0: either, do you? you just I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, I just <laughs> it. I was just like, yep, order. Um, How horrible I just, are we? I know. Give me two seconds, I'll tell you, because I can just go. it was.
1: Yeah, we should be able to get stuff pretty
0: quick. Oh, yeah, Snakes of Australia. I was almost going to say Reptiles of Australia. This one you've got. It's a natural sky to yeah. um, Snakes of Australia, second edition. So.
1: Yeah, I think I picked up just because I didn't already have his frog frog book from that series either hitman ties for a frog book but um yeah yeah i decided to get that on the same same round
0: yeah and he usually sends you like a little magnet and i know he does when you order them first off i'm not sure about but yeah so it's another cool little collector's item with yeah. a little number in it and stuff like that so keen okay, i love books my, my, i have not have much time to read lately though that's my problem
1: yeah yeah, well, I'm kind of in the same boat, to be honest.
0: Yeah.
1: I feel like every waking moment I'm moving something into the garage and then hoping it doesn't get mouldy and flooded. Our garage is flooded today. We always rain. Yeah.
0: yeah. Down the road starting to flood again here. So. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we have one of elevators full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Is that
1: your one? Not my
0: one. It's oh, one lucky. a bit
1: lower down in the car park, but it's, yep. it's near all my stuff.
0: Because sure. right, yours is down the opposite end, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But
1: weather, hey? Yeah, it's kind of disappointing really because I would have loved to have have a bit more good weather um, before it got too cold just to be able to go out for a few few walks yeah. and stuff just to see any of the last reptiles moving about even if it's just like local walks. Because um, I've been seeing heaps of laces lately, which has been of yeah. odd. Um, but, yeah, hopefully we get a few more sunny weekends before it. Goes away. Crossed, Day, daylight yeah. savings is up soon as well. That's the beginning next, of April, somewhere. This
0: weekend, I think. It was next weekend. Next weekend. It's the 1st of April on. A few days now. A like, few days, yeah. Might be this the 4th. Monday's the 4th, so it might be this weekend, yeah. Oh. Which is a nightmare with kids. Yeah, but they don't understand it. No, you get them in this sort of routine and then it just changes again. Mm. But um, yeah, I think it's this weekend, so. Yeah, I'd love to get a couple of small herbs in before that, so.
1: Oh, man. I mean, even if you're just keen for a bush walk or something on the weekend, even if it's just a daytime walk or something like that, if you've got the time.
0: Yeah. whatever. Just something, so anything really.
1: We'll have to even go and see if we can get a little camp trip or something up to like Mile Lakes or something, not too far. Yeah. Maybe like Wadigans or. Actually,
0: that wouldn't be a bad one, the Wadigans. Wadigans is always good. Yeah, I mean, even one. if it's raining, you just tick off a bunch of frogs. Yeah. So,
1: that'd be good for like a one nighter from us as well. Like, it doesn't yeah, have to be a massive one.
0: No. Well, it's only 20 minutes from my joint. So, So it's probably only about an hour from me. So depend- yeah, but not even. Depends which way you go because a couple of ways you
1: can go from where you are. So, you can get to it via Yaramalong and stuff, can't you? I think you can go yeah. like the back way around You'd- that
0: way. From your joint, you could take off at the Calga Calga exit, the one just before you come down over Hawks River Bridge, no Mini yep. Bridge, sorry. Yeah. Take that exit and just follow that, and then you come in at the top end and then drive down in through there, mm. up, up near Col Pascal Nura, mm. kind of up that way. But um, yeah, no, that's probably not a bad one we could do. Even if it's training, you could do that. Just yeah. Get a bunch of frogs and and this yeah. and that. So. Might have to try and tee that up soon, I reckon.
1: Yeah, well, I'm happy to, mate. Especially now I've got my new car. Yeah,
0: yeah. got the a whip, burn. mate. Good to burn. You'll be good. Yeah, it'll go through those because that's just all fire trails through there. So, oh, that'll be fine. Most of them. But um,
1: she's all wheel drive. She'll be right. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting it all kitted out, mate. I've got the roof awning in the lounge room there that I've been putting together. Got the drop down tent from the roof awning. Got it got- all. Got the queen size bed that inflates by itself, so my wife's happy when she comes. Mm. I I wouldn't bother with it; I'd just roll the swag out or a sleeping bag or something. But yeah, you know, just in case she's with me. Yeah, got a got a good esky. Apparently, it keeps ice frozen for three days. So you know, it's funny going on these couple of trips because it's kind of like just seeing what everyone's bringing with them. Yeah. Well, this is all the sort of gear that I can just
0: leave in my garage, and yeah, you know, when I want to go, I can go. Yeah, I was going to take my fridge when we went. you <laughs> would just be like ice cold beers. Oh, well, you we still had <laughs> ice cold beers, mate. Yeah, from the Esky. <laughs> but, um
1: Ice cold beers and eggs and tomato sauce on toast. That's all you need. That and caffeine. That was pretty much us.
0: Yeah, I usually just, when I go to campus, usually just beer, bacon, eggs, and coffee. Yeah. That's pretty much what I live off. We didn't even do <laughs> coffee. We were just, Todd wasn't a coffee guy. Nah. I'm a okay.
1: massive coffee guy. No, no. <laughs> he was like 7 o'clock in the morning and cracking a mother. Yeah, can't do them. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled with it. I was just like, whatever, this is what I'm doing. I'm a coffee guy usually, but,
0: you know. No, my heart races too much drinking those. <laughs> yeah, that's no, fair enough. I've been like, electrocuted a few times, so I don't need mothers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, no, that was pretty yeah. fun, man. We'll have to do that as well. That that was a good good fun trip. Uh, Yeah. What else is happening with the animals, man?
0: I've hatched out like seven boids now, so continental. (laughs) Just like – it's funny because I like – I'm going to have to go through that enclosure because I'm wondering whether there might even be a couple of hatches floating around in there. Um, So I've just been throwing small crickets in anyway just in case. So, you know, that way if there is something there, they're still getting food. And obviously, there's, there's worms and stuff in there as well. Yeah. But obviously, I got the first clutches from both females, dug them up, um, pretty much I'm 100% sure I found all of them. There wasn't many. Um, then the next lot, I started like the same spot. I'm like digging, digging. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Then there was one female's a little bit smaller than the other. So I'm assuming some of the eggs were like bigger than the other one. So I thought, well, maybe they're both just laid in the same spot because they're pretty much laid at the same time then i started digging a little bit further over and found even more eggs I'm like oh hang on maybe they were just small eggs from the same female and then i'm like then i couldn't remember i didn't write it down i couldn't remember if they laid on the same day or if they were a couple of days apart I, I honestly could remember i thought they were but then all of a sudden all these eggs just hatched on the same time i assumed they were from the two females because the first two clutches were and they were small clutches so i thought oh they're yep. probably just do small clutches but now i'm like hang on did like the other I think I, had, I think I had six eggs maybe a couple more i'm like oh hang on did they come from one female and then two come from another some of them did weren't in, weren't fertile and then i'm like maybe there's still some floating around in the enclosure so who knows but um Fairly, baby. Yeah, just, yeah, I was, wasn't expecting it, but you now I'm just looking at that tub and I'm like, oh, I don't think it is one. I thought I might have had another one hatch out, but <laughs> I don't think it is. No, it's not. But um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Obviously, not going to keep them all, though, are you? No, no, I don't think I'll keep any of them, to be honest. I'll probably yeah. move them all. I moved a couple on the other day, but they're my earlier ones that hatched out. Yeah, we could. Um, but, yeah, I'm not going to keep – I don't really have the, the room to keep. Obviously, I'll keep them if I, if I can't move them on, I'll keep them. But, um, but yeah, you know, I'm not going to keep them for myself, though. So, yeah. But it's cool to see him hatch. My son loves them, eh? Comes out, wants to feed him crickets. Loves them to the point it's almost annoying because <laughs> <laughs> you want to make sure they eat and he's just pouring baby cr- like tiny crickets everywhere, small crickets. Like, you open the door and it's like – It's like I've almost dropped a tub of small crickets. But but they're just ones that have jumped out because, you know, he wants to try and drop them in tongs just won't won't pour them in. Yeah. But, yeah, what about you? You've had much hatch out or?
1: Uh, Not recently, but I have a plague of hopping mice at the moment. They have gone berserk, like absolutely berserk to the point where I'm going to have to stop them going berserk, I think so because like honestly like i went from i think six then i lost one or two well we kind of originally got them and now i've got to be close to like 15 or something at least yeah right and it's like i put a carrot in and like half an hour later is gone like there is no carrot left whatsoever they just like run out and just gnaw the hell out of it so if anybody wants any hopping mice (laughs) and have their license hit me up um but a, a re- reptile-wise, I'm waiting on a gillen's egg that's hopefully going to hatch from a different bloodline, so I'm still kind of waiting on that. Yep. Um, but no, I've just got a few babies that I'm raising up. I've, I've got a few more. Actually, no, I had a, a couple more ciliaris aberrins hatch out this week. Yeah. Or, or last week. I can't even remember. I've had a few of them hatch out. But I think because I disturbed – you know I, I sent you that photo where I got like three or four clutches out of the soil yep. – yeah, I think it disturbed them. Maybe they're a bit weaker or something like that, or maybe they're weaker because they were in the enclosure for a longer yep. period of time. So I've had a, I had a couple of them drop off. Yeah, where okay. they they kind of hatched. They were good for a couple of weeks and then they they dropped off. And then I've had another clutch hatch, which they're looking a bit more promising, to be honest. So hopefully they're okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll probably end up moving moving those guys on as well once they're solid. Um, but no, apart from that, I'm just. Trying to make sure that that one little boyd's forest dragon that I've got is eating okay. He never eats in front of me, but little turds appear occasionally. So Yeah. Um my little Gillen's monitors are now in one of these enclosures that you can't see off the side here. So that's cool having them in an actual enclosure and not in a tub. Yeah. And my little depressor has turned into a weapon, like the one remaining no, that's one. Good. Yeah. That one is so solid. Like I just I could chuck twenty crickets in there and it'll just smash all of them within five minutes. Like it's just, yeah right. It's a mental. Gut. Hey, <laughs> like it's honestly like scratching at the glass every time it sees me. It's just like it's just ravenous. It's almost like a monitor. It is. It is like a little Gillen's monitor, but that's that awesome. Spiky skink. So they're pretty yeah. cool. They are very cool. I'm um, yeah. I'm very lucky that I've at least got the one. I'm I'm stoked yeah. with that. So. But, yeah, like I think – I don't know. The more and more I look at this wall behind me, like all the exoterras and stuff that are in that particular area, the more and more I'll, I don't want everything that's there. Yeah. And I just want to do, like, a nice display for another set of Gillons and, and the Depressor or something and kind of call it. Yeah. Know, so, I don't know.
0: I'm still Speaking talking about around with those ideas. Exoterra walls. Did yeah. you see Gondwana Gecko's latest post? No, Instagram? So Instagram, I saw his latest, is, but he posted it two hours ago. So okay. he's just finished his exoterror war. Oh, really? All backgrounds and, yeah. But um, looks awesome. He's got like there were a couple of rainforest ones, a couple of desert ones and, and this and that, so. Oh, sick. Looks that, awesome, that mate. That
1: looks really good. Yeah.
0: Is, are
1: they Australians? Do I follow them?
0: Yeah, he's Australian, yeah.
1: Yeah. I am following you.
0: Yeah. I don't do Instagram. That's why I sound like a complete yeah. illiterate on those things. So I don't really do Facebook much. Facebook grinds my gears. I just like looking at pictures. I I don't do both anymore. <laughs> I'm, yeah. push, I'm I, finding
1: myself staying off at all.
0: I've kind of been doing the same. I've been, I've been on, on it a little bit, but I've just more so been watching people's stories. Yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, I haven't really been on it much too much. I've posted much and...
1: I'm going to go out on a limb and say that is probably one of the best extraterrestrials I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, definitely. Especially in Australia, like at, um, Australia. Yeah. Like with, he's got, looks like he's got like a bunch of banks here, maybe, or wattle yep. or something in one of them. Um,
1: I'd be interested to know if they're cuttings or if they are plants, and if they are plants, how established they actually are.
0: Or I think he's just finished them. Yeah, like they're just finished. So because I have he, I've been messaging him <clears throat> previously about it, but um, but yeah, it looks awesome.
1: The one thing that I'm looking at it, the the kind of like, and it could be just because of the way that they're like maybe sat inside this rack, but it looks like they're super shallow. Like you know how the exoterras are quite a bit deeper. Yeah. Um, in, in the bases of a lot of these. Like it almost looks like he's done like a bit of a – I could be wrong, but like a little bit of a skirt around the bottom of the enclosures. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that looks super shallow. When I'm looking at where those Banksy is or whatever, the wattles or whatever Oh, in the are, middle there, yeah. Yeah, it would be placed. You'd, you'd think that, that – like I look at that and go, I can only see a couple of centimetres worth of dirt. But chances are that that probably is deeper.
0: He may that. have covered the dirt up with something maybe. I don't know. Well, it looks uniform pretty well across. But um, it oh, looks it does, like yeah. he's lined up like obviously they're all different size exoterras, but it works perfectly for the dimensions. Yeah. Like he's got obviously the top and bottom row are the same like lengths yeah, widths. and widths, but he's got the four in the middle, but it works yeah. perfectly. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like how I've done
1: this one. I've kind of got like 30 wides, 45 wides, and 60 wides. Yeah. But they're like different heights.
0: Yeah. You know, per Actually, shelf. no, he's got four up the top. But yeah, it looks awesome. When I saw the pace, I was like, oh, he's finished it. That looks unreal. Yeah, looks sick. That yeah. looks
1: really sick. Yeah.
0: Makes me like, affect
1: some <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm, talking about tearing about down my exoterror wall, <laughs> and then you tell me about this, and I'm like, oh, yeah.
0: And I'm thinking about yeah, changing all myself. my stuff too. Like, <laughs> yeah. and then I feel like, oh, it looks pretty good. But the only, I, I just wish they were a bit deeper. That's my only thing. Yeah, that that's 45.
1: Yeah. I just want to do bigger enclosures, and I don't want to go and buy a 90 by 90 exoterra when it costs so much. When I could be building something for a lot cheaper. Yeah, it looks awesome okay yeah. I I've, I've enjoyed mucking around with these enclosures I can't wait to get my Kimberly rock monitor enclosure done because then this whole like monitor corner will be done yeah with all those backgrounds and stuff I just need to I need to pull my finger out and just start it because the, the kimbo is always going to take the longest because it's all the rock work yeah that I've got to do and um, yeah anyway I'm looking forward to when that'll be done because th- these things have all got fans, mist Kings, UV lights, Infrared, heating, dimmer lights and LED lights. So there's kind of like some – I've got them on sunrise, sunset features as well as like normal day lengths and stuff like that. So I've actually got to pick up my
0: um, infrared – infrared? Yeah, heat emitter. i got one of the Arcadia ones. Oh, sick. Can you give it a a whirl? Who are you going to use that on? Ruffies. Once the enclosure's all sorted. Yeah, sick. So that's um something in the works. It's been in the works for a while, but obviously things going on recently with everyone, this and that, it'll come to fruition soon. No doubt. You'll probably see it behind me, I reckon. But then that's going to change as well. Hmm. So. Yeah, you were saying that you're going to change it up? Yeah, just to give me, basically use my space better, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah. you know it's like you can see the the, the ceiling above me there. It's pretty low. Mm. I
1: think
0: it's just under two point one. So I'll be using like pretty much almost every mill. Yeah. So it's, it sits like fifty mil above above the height of the door. So basically, I'm if I if I do like a bank, I'm am restricted to the height of the door. But it's only fifty mil. So you know if I build the bank and then put a little caster on the bottom or something. It'll be good. <laughs> yeah. So, keen, to just make things finished, if that makes sense as well?
1: <laughs> Bloody <laughs> oath.
0: Yeah.
1: I thought I was finished, and then this unborn child that we're affectionately calling Gumnut at the moment <laughs> <laughs> put the proverbial spanner in the works.
0: Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, it's a good spanner in the works. Oh, it's a great spanner. I just wish Danny, yeah. you know, I wish it happened before I moved all
1: my shit here. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. Because then at least yeah, I could have sold it out here. of my in-laws. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, well. Oh, well. Oh, well. It's given me a new shot at, like, redoing the rooms that I only just completed, so.
0: Yeah.
1: It'll be right. But, yeah, no, I'm, um. yeah, I know what you mean. I'm keen to just have it done so I can just enjoy it. But yeah, as Matt was, Somerville says,
0: it's never done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'll, yeah, I'll finish it and I'll finish a bunch of enclosures. It'll look nice. I'll look at it. What else can I do? What else can I do? <laughs> and seeing like seeing stuff like obviously like um, that post on Gondwana Geckos and stuff like that, like you look at stuff like that and you're like, oh, I could do that. And then you might go to someone's house and they're doing something slightly different, you know, like um, – the way Tyson uses his miss kings and he's got this drain set up and this. And I'm like, oh, that's an awesome idea. Like, you know, there's always these extra things to try and make things easier and better that you're always thinking of in your head and stuff that Scott does with his room and this and that, like letting the the moon in and stuff like that. Like I've got a window in this room, but it's always the blinds always shut because the neighbors can see Mm. straight in the room. So I'm Mm. like, I don't want all the lights on. And then the neighbors can see in and see what's in here. Like, yeah, not that there's you know the heaps. I just don't want people seeing all. And obviously, that yeah. and the sun will come through it as well. So I don't want the sun beaming through and yep. shining on enclosures and stuff. But but yeah, so I'd like I like the idea of having a skylight on the roof just to let that natural light in, let the moonlight yeah. in, and all that kind of thing as well. So that's one thing I'm looking at doing in the future as well. So I reckon that's a,
1: good, a great idea if you can do it. Yeah. Like, I'd be all about that too if I was in the right position to do it. But I'm in a similar position where I've got a nice window here, I've got double sliding doors, but that blind stays shut all the time. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, I don't think my neighbors are do anything, but at the same time, like, they will probably think I'm growing weed or something, with all these lights on and stuff like that. Like <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm worried about. In. Yeah. This guy's growing weed out of his bloody thing. The cops come around, now, nah, sorry, it's not. But, it's a bunch of lizards. Yeah, it's just a bunch of lizards. But, <laughs> you know, it'd be pretty funny.
1: Yeah. Well, we've got a little bit of a topic that we wanted to kind of like chat about a little bit tonight, don't we? Yeah. So we um we kind of wanted to get to a bit of an episode where essentially we we talk about a bit of feeders or, or food items as such. Uh, so we wanted to kind of get into a little bit of a chat about, yeah, all, si-
0: all things the- feeding reptiles. Yeah. You've got a bit more experience with uh- – Breeding side of feeders than me. I'm just a little bit. God, that little bit. A little bit more. Right. Probably, yeah. I haven't really bred any feeders, so <laughs> I'm gonna start a colony you, of woodies though. So,
1: so you've never given anything a crack?
0: No, I've always bought all my feeders. My wife hates rats and mice. Yep. And she hates woodies and cockroaches. Yeah. That's so. True. Mine does Crickets. Too. Crickets seem like a bit of a pain to feed. You kind of need like a – to breed, sorry. Yeah. You kind of need like a, a bit of a setup, so you need the space. Um, mm. But, yeah, so the two things that are relatively easy to breed and, you know, good feeders as well, but, um, you know, my wife hates both of them. Yeah. Well, I could, bro- oh, she should, she'd let me get away with roaches because they're, you know, don't take up much space. But if it came to feeding snakes, no chance in hell. To be honest, I'd much rather breed roaches any
1: day than breed rodents. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, I've, I've only bred rodents a few times for reptiles. Yeah. And I bred rodents prior to reptiles for pets, not for food. So now breeding rodents again for the purpose of reptiles, like I found it really hard to actually you know, euthanize the animals and stuff like that, where I'd have to take them to people to euthanize them for me because I had that kind of like mentality prior that they were actually, well, look, they are intelligent animals as much as people want to give them grief. They are pretty smart little critters. But it's also just so time-consuming, like the amount of work that does go into them, which no doubt we'll elaborate on in a little bit. But, Mm. you know, I almost, I personally you know like once you value your time on a lot of these things you got to decide whether it's for you whether you want to try to breed any of these animals or whether you want to just try to buy them in like what you're doing yourself and what i've done quite a lot in the past you know like i've never bothered with crickets for that reason you know i always just thought no nah, if i'm feeding crickets then i'll just buy them in because yeah breeding them i found a bit bit tedious but you know roaches are easy they have yeah. nobody survived in anything like i fed my roach colonies last night and I kind of just left the tubs on the ground just so I could actually see, like, come in an hour later and see the kind of quantity of animals in there, and I was quite surprised. So,
0: yeah, might I be the stage. Like, you know, you you buy one of those Pisces tubs from the pet shop, you know, and how many times have you just got still still roaches and still roaches and still roaches in there? Like, you're not even trying to breed, breed them, but yeah. little baby ones just keep popping out. Of yeah, you know, like, a what bit of cardboard on? in it. Yeah. yeah, so. But yeah, it's uh, they're definitely one thing I'm going to start doing, and um, I might even try and start to look at doing some black soldier fly larvae as well. Yeah, they they can be a little bit of a difficult one. Um,
1: yeah.
0: I've tried it a couple of times actually. Um, I've done it a few times in my compost bin.
1: Compost bins, one thing. <laughs> doing it in a yeah, controlled environment is exactly. completely different. Exactly. But, yeah, I I think, yeah, if you can, definitely set up a compost bin for it. Like even – um, what's his name? Old mate, Costa. Costa with the big beard. you know the gardener guy?
0: Yes, yep, yep.
1: Yeah, he's got an awesome video on YouTube. Um, I think it's part of Gardening Australia or whatever it is. But, yeah, he's got an awesome video out there on how to make a, a – a, in particular, black soldier fly compost bin where you can actually harvest your own black soldier fly larvae from, which I highly recommend people go and have a look at to get some yeah. ideas. Um But, yeah, anyway, let's kind of kick it off. So what are we talking? So we're talking roaches, crickets, black soldier fly, larvae, mealworms, mice, rats, rats. quails, yeah. rabbits, guinea, uh, pigs, all yeah, guinea pigs. If you're Chris Smith, then yeah. maybe some baby <laughs> goats or so, yeah, pigs or something some like that. <laughs> um, if you're Tyson, 300 yabbies at a time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's another thing, yeah. Yeah, so yabbies are definitely one of those things that I haven't bred, but I've had to keep for for food. So that's another thing. Um, but yeah, basically, we're just going to go through a bit of a rough chat about a lot of these animals. So, um, w- what about mealworms with you? Have you ever fed off
0: mealworms to any animals? I have. I've just bought the obviously from the pet yeah. shop. It's just as like a you know a bit of a mix up kind of thing, just to mix things up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I I do try and do that. Obviously, I'm I feed predominantly crickets, but I've got the worm farm out the front, so I'm always mm. you know, feeding worms. The boys, it's like crack for the boys. Yeah, those worms. But um, yeah, if I see random things like that at the pet shop, I might buy a tub here and there, but um, and just feed off mealworms and stuff like that. I found I wasn't a fan of feeding the geckos mealworms, some of the larger yeah. ones, but um, but yeah, if they have random things like that, I'll definitely feed off things just to mix up that mix it up a little bit and you know yeah I, I, I'm, I'm in the
1: same boat as you whereas with like stuff like geckos i pretty much stuck to crickets woodroaches i don't mind doing the occasional black soldier fly if it's a big gecko just because yeah. they're a little bit in my opinion softer compared to a yeah. mealworm so they might be a little bit more digestible um but you do have to be kind of careful with black soldier fly larvae or mealworms. Whereas if you are kind of like over packing the animals with yeah. them, they end up just spewing them all back up. So yeah, exactly,
0: yeah. Like I'd feed the odd like I know the Strohs did like a few of the smaller mealworms, but I just did like you know tong feed them, tong feed them, tong feed yeah. one, tong feed one, because they happily takes take anything off tongs. But um, but yeah, I did that as well just to mix things up. But I never just you know tip a bunch of mealworms in. Yeah you know, just tong feed one or two, just to each one, and that was kind of it, and then just chuck in a couple of um, crickets here and there as well. But it's pretty much predominantly just crickets. Yep. Just purely because I probably would have done roaches um, as well, but obviously, you know. So here's the the thing, right, is like
1: crickets are probably one of the most non-nutritious foods, depending on what you're feeding them. Yes, that's right. But they're one of the most convenient foods to
0: feed. Oh, definitely. And eat, I'd say, with woodies. You know, you can't just chuck a handful of woodies in, no, in your enclosure because they can never see them again. They're gone. So you pretty much yeah. got a tongue feed. And some of the like leaf tails will happily feed off tongs. Um, chameleon geckos, they would never. So pretty much anything that like that, you'd basically one you wouldn't know if they were eating two they probably wouldn't get a chance because they just go straight into your leaf litter into your background or whatever but I think that's the other benefit of also the bioactive having like you know I'll every time I move something if I find those like um, roly polies in the yard I'll just take a handful of them and try and breed them I can't I suck at it <laughs> but, but you know I'll chuck them in enclosures and that as well but they get picked up as well so that's like a you know an extra source of food as well but Yeah, that's one reason why I wasn't so big on the, on the woodies was, you know, with some of those geckos, they wouldn't catch them or you'd chuck it and they'd get out of your enclosures as well. And they'd you know, but yeah, Um, obviously with, with the crickets as well, I was, I use a multivitamin as well on the crickets as well as um, calcium powder. Yeah. So that way it's just, you know, that little bit extra, um, I wouldn't do it every feed. Um, I'd, but yeah, probably more so than I would, more often than I would calcium powder. I could do calcium every so often, but um, yeah, I just found that that multivitamin just you, for what the crickets were lacking. That multivitamin kind of what I could tell made up that little bit of extra, you know, shortcomings of the crickets. So I never had any issues with feeding just crickets.
1: Did you have a favorite kind of multivitamin that you used?
0: Yeah, the Herp Cow
1: one. Oh yeah,
0: Herp Cow. Yep. Rep cow, It's in the white container with the um blue label. Herp cow. Well uh, I, think I know the one you're the,
1: talking about. It's a bit of an yeah, old school one. Old school one. like old school packaging.
0: Herp herptivite. It was a herpdovite, maybe. Well we probably it, might be the out of it. Yeah. But um they do the it was rep cow was the calcium, I think it was. Mm. But it was herp I think it was herp divide. Um I used to get it from um uh, what was it called? The herb, shop. Oh, well, the herb, herb Shop. Oh, the Herb Shop, yeah. I saw it from the Herb Shop. But I, I haven't been able to find it anywhere recently.
1: I really um, enjoyed...
0: Um, yeah, Herb to uh, there you go, from RepCal. RepCal was the company that made it. It was called Herb to uh, I really enjoyed the um,
1: the Repashi stuff when that was in Australia for that short period of time. Yeah. I found that they were one of the best powders to get stuck to wood roaches.
0: It was very fine. Yeah, exactly. Stuck really well. Yeah, I tried a few of the, um, few of their products. Some yeah. I liked, some I was like I wasn't super keen on. But um, the powders were definitely the calcium powder and the multivitamin was good. I only tried the multivitamin ones though. Although well, yeah. the calcium, sorry, and I didn't try any multivitamin.
1: Yeah, um, I'm now just using the ExoTerra stuff, um, but I also just have like a basic. I think it's even just a basic reptile one calcium powder without vitamin d3 yeah um just because you can actually overdo d3 a lot i find yeah so i'm just trying to be a bit conscious about that especially if you're already providing animals uvb exactly which you are majority of your stuff so pretty much everything is nowadays yeah i can't even think i don't even think i don't think any of my animals don't have uv anymore yeah so um yeah, so, I mean, yeah, crickets are really good if you gut load them. So I tend yeah. to not only gut load them with your standard kind of like carrots, but, you know, you can always change it up and do some like leafy greens as well. Yeah. Um, I also, because i got the hopping mice, so I tend to do a lot of the, the rodent cubes for my insects as well just to yeah. kind of give them some dry food. That's something I've got to try. Oh, like even just next time you're here, man, just I'll just send you home with a few kilo of it and you can yeah. just – Plot it out because it's it's good because you can just kind of like crumble it up a little bit and just put like one cube in and they'll just devour the heck out of it. Yeah, um, and it'll last them a fair while, especially if you're you're starting to get like tubs of crickets rather than well, sorry like storage tubs of crickets rather than kind of like your shop tubs of crickets. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that that's another option to kind of throw into the mix as well. Um. But yeah, what else do I feed? I also feed like good uh, cat kibble. To, yeah. to my insects as well, just to kind of yeah. provide a bit of protein and stuff to them.
0: Yeah. But
1: yeah. What do you what do you feed your bugs?
0: Yeah, I used to order from live foods. It was like a I think they called it a cricket chow or something like that. It pretty much mm. looked like it looked like, like crushed up cornflakes kind of thing. But yeah, right. what it actually was, I'm not too sure. But see, I'll even I ran out of that. I'll feed like your your veggies and this and that. I haven't. I have to try some of those pellets you were talking about, but I also just sprinkle. I sprinkle in like the crumbs of the wheat bix and like just all the crumbs from cereal as well, like as a bit of like yeah. filler almost. Um I smash it, but um yeah, I've never had, and obviously with a multivitamin on top of that, so you know everything <laughs> seems to be pretty good. But I remember listening to a podcast a while ago, years ago now. It was from. I might have actually been on NPR. Oh, I might have been on the old Gecko Nation Radio um podcast but someone was talking about what they fed their crickets and they were talking about it was like a crushed up um like crunchy nut cornflake and this and that like it was basically all like crunched up cereal and i think it might have even had some cat litter or something cat not cat litter like kibble in it as well and that was yeah. their basically their, their staple for their cricket so i kind of just followed that minus the kitty litter but a couple of other bits and pieces and veggies so that's pretty much it it seems to be a pretty standard diet that most people yeah. kind
1: of do: is some sort of dry food, some sort of wet food, essentially. And yeah. you know, if you can alternate it a little bit, then it's going to be better for the animals long term and give the the you know like the the healthier you make the feeder, then the healthier your
0: animal gets because of it. That's right. Theory. Well, that's that's why I always, always every a couple of feeds supplemented with a multivitamin, just purely because, you know, I just wanted to make sure that they were getting the best that I could give them. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, no harm in it whatsoever. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that kind of goes across the boards with, you know, your crickets, your your uh, roaches. Obviously, black soldier fly larvae tended to good on compost, as we've kind of already mentioned, as well as yeah. like earthworms. Um, mealworms from mem- memory, I can't even remember what you feed mealworms. I want to say it's like meal. Isn't that the whole point of the mealworms? Mm-hmm. I think um, so, yeah. yeah.
0: And obviously, yeah. Your silkworms are your... Um mulberry leaves the mulberry leaves but um i've got a mulberry tree out the back so oh mate you should get right into those then
1: yeah that'd be fun for the kids too to hatch out those those little worms and go and pick up a leaf and
0: feed them to your worms and then you can feed them to your lizards i thought about doing that actually i might actually look into that but um i mean they smash the mulberries on the tree but the kids (laughs) but um yeah i might actually look into doing that
1: well, it's a good seasonal treat for your reptiles, right? So exactly. you know they're not an all year thing. You know you can kind right. of have some moths or all cocooned for half or most of the year, and then um, hatch out some some uh, silkworms every year. That's a good yeah. kind of seasonal treat. That I haven't had a reptile refuse silkworms. Oh, really? No, like everything just smashes them. Hey,
0: I've had a couple of like. When I've fed roaches here and there, I've had a few stuff refuse roaches, but um, just flat out weren't interested in them. I'm not not so much furious; they're basically garbage guts. But yeah, had a few things that didn't show any interest in them. But um, yeah, I have to try those silkworms. I'm not actually looking to doing that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, you're still um,
1: sounding a bit ro- robotic to me, mate.
0: I am I? Oh, internet, mate. It says my internet's all right. I don't know. Yeah. I will keep going, see what, see what happens.
1: Um, yeah, so, I mean, like obviously these things have a bit of a, a wide variety of like nutritional values and stuff to them and you get a bit of a different uh, calcium to phosphorus ratio between them. Um, yeah. But, you know, like like anything, you know, which we're kind of suggesting here is if you can do variety, like it's always good to have some sort of staple like, you know, we both use crickets or roaches. Um But, you know, if you can kind of add some other critters in there occasionally. I know um, a few people are pretty keen on wild-catching insects as well to offer a bit of variety. So Josh Thompson, of course, comes to mind with little mango, (laughs) the netted dragon, eating everything under the sun. Praying mantis, spiders. Spiders, all sorts. Yeah, catidids. Yeah. Um, Pretty much whatever Josh can find, he's essentially giving that little lizard. So that's probably one of the most, uh, you know, diverse diets. That I've seen. It's, it's pretty interesting different. watching
0: it eat too, isn't it? Watching it take oh. down some blood prey items. Yeah, it's
1: insane just being able to watch it like like that Prey Mantis one, that was huge.
0: Yeah. Like, obviously, you think, like, you know, you read your books and it's like the, the width of the eye, it's got to be like this big and this and that. I mean, mm. you know, a gecko or something in the wild is like, oh, hang on, you're a bit wider than my span, I'm not going to eat you. But yeah, exactly. And then that, that video is proof, proof in the pudding. I mean, it obviously fair, you know. If it's your, your first time keeping things, you're not going to feed things massive just in case something happens. So they're kind of in place for a reason, those those rules, but they're not really a hard and fast rule at the end of the day. No, like it's a good thing
1: for people to kind of, you know, start to understand what their animals can and can't handle and stuff. Exactly. But, you know, watching that Nether dragon eat a prey mantis, that was the same length <laughs> as you. Yeah, exactly. You know, like it was pretty interesting. Um. How, how do you go, like, when you do feed your mealworms, like, are you one of those people that squashes the head of the mealworm before you feed it?
0: No. No, I just feed it. I've never done it either. Neither. I don't, like, they're, take, like, they're eating spiders, um, oh. you know, and I don't see the whole thing with crushing the head of the mealworm. Like, have you ever seen any, like, pictures of, I've to think I've ever seen a picture of a mealworm eating its way out of something. I've never had it. Yeah,
1: I've never seen a mealworm eating its way out of something. The only thing I've ever seen is uh, occasionally like small. Uh, dragon so let's just say like a juvenile bearded dragon you know something in that kind of six month range or thereabouts i have seen them cop a decent bite from one of like the superworms or something like that where they've just Mm. kind of swung around while they're eating it and bitten them under the cheek or something like that but you know even when i say a decent bite like it's not really looked like it's pierced skin or anything like that you know it's yeah kind of brushed it off but you could tell that it agitated the dragon for a quick second but then the dragon finished its meal so you know Yeah, I've never been one to to squash the
0: heads. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I've just never bothered with it. At the same time, I never overfed mealworms too. So, you know, I'd only feed a couple here and there. So it's not like they were gorging themselves on mealworms where they couldn't eat any more. Yeah, exactly. I kind of look at it as like one of those treats. So, you know, even the dragons that I've got
1: here, I'll give them that like once a week, you know, just to have a variety day sort of thing. Yeah. otherwise they're getting whatever whatever else they're getting. Um, but, yeah, no, I've never been one of those ones. Uh, what about setting up your animals? I know we've kind of talked a little bit about it in the past, but, like, how do you make your tubs for your crickets
0: in particular? So my tubs, I just basically go to Bunnings, buy, like, yep. a big container, cut a vent in the side, um, hot glue in, like, um, aluminium fly screen mesh, and then lid on the top and just egg crates. My crickets. So
1: you've only got the one vent in the tank?
0: It's okay. a, it's huge. I've got one. It's like it takes up pretty much the whole side of the. Um, okay, so yeah, the, it's, like a... it's basically it's like two hundred by two hundred. Yeah. Okay. So Big, it's pretty much almost yeah, it's a huge vent. It's not like a, a little little small one. So, mm. um, but the one I'd had before that, it was basically the whole lid was a vent, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, see I do the whole lid or, yeah. or you know, like a good portion
1: of the lid. Because when I go to empty out my tubs or or you know, feed out from my tubs, I essentially like smack all the egg crate out. Yeah. So all the crickets are in the bottom of it.
0: And yeah.
1: I always thought that if the mesh was on the side, then they could climb up the mesh. And they definitely do. jump. That's yeah. what I regret doing with
0: this one. I don't know why I think the reason why I did because the last time a few times I tried to Make new tubs. I kept splitting the lids when I was trying to cut them. Yeah, fair enough. And then, oh, numerous times. And I'm like, well, now I gotta go and buy another container. Hmm. So I go buy another container, do it again. I'm like, are you kidding me? What are you? What are you? What are you um, cutting out your lids with? I've tried everything. I've tried Stanley knives. I've tried hot knives. I've tried knives. Everything. Dremel. I don't have a Dremel though.
1: Good investment, man. They're cheap these days too. You can get like, I think one of those like little Ozito ones for like under 50 bucks. Dremel, yeah. you'll be done in two seconds. Yeah, I might give that a whirl. Yeah, and you'll use it for other stuff too. Yeah. Like you, you're bound to. Um, I've used multi tools. Multi tools are good yeah, on those I've got a as long as you've got one. the right blade on them. The small metal one, probably. Yeah, don't use something that's too aggressive. <laughs> no. Nah. Um, they're pretty good. I've done it even just with it. like, you know, if you've got, <laughs> if you've got, Forty-five minutes up your sleeve. I've done it with a soldering iron in the past.
0: Yeah, I've tried that. So like, this is taking too fucking long. Yeah, <laughs> you could probably use an angle grinder too. Be a bit smelly and melty, but
1: oh yeah, al- almost anything you're going to cut it with is going to be yeah. a bit smelly and melty. Really. Um, exactly. But yeah, no, that they seem to do the trick. I found the Dremel to be the easiest because it was like I think it was just because it was the thinnest cut, so you kind of didn't have to burn it so much. Yeah, and it was a fast cut too, so you know you could knock knock the top out of one of those lids in under two minutes quite easily yep. cut, cutting it up um i did the same thing but yeah just just a big mesh lid uh the only thing that i didn't do on these ones and i i want to redo them is i just want to hot glue the actual mesh into place because i just ended up uh using gaffer tape just to tape it down and yeah okay it's all coming off now yeah um because you know you get the cr- cricket frass and dust and stuff like that knocked around or the roach dust or whatever but Again, because the the vents are on the top of the tank or on top of the containers, they um they don't really
0: get out of them. So yeah, that's all right. Yeah, so that's that's the one regret I have with this one is having the vent on the side, but um, yes, they do climb up the side. But I just kind of sit the um, bash all the egg crate out and just sit the lid over the side. Yeah, okay. So They can't really jump out. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it's still annoying. You live and you learn.
1: You know, it. it's all trial and error, and you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, I can definitely see the, the the benefits to being able to have a few vents on the side, even if you were to do, you know, like 50 mil holes or something down yeah. low just so there's a bit of cross ventilation or something because yeah. that that's one thing that does uh, kill a lot of insects real quick is generally a lot of humidity in particular mm. for, for crickets and cockroaches. Um, yeah, that tends to knock them off the perch pretty easily. I know with cockroaches, as soon as you get your woodies and stuff all – all too humid or anything like if you put in too much uh wet food you know as in like crickets or, or uh not crickets um carrots or you know soft yep. veggies or anything like that then that'll turn them off real quick so you only ever want to make sure you're putting in enough wet food that they can consume in you know a couple of hours essentially just to make sure that they're hydrated um,
0: yeah, exactly
1: but yeah no I, the, the way that i kind of set it up i essentially have all my cardboard in with my crickets or my roaches And and because I've only got those holes on the top, I can knock all those cardboard pieces out. And then I have like a couple of, you know, like your paper towel tubes. I've just got a couple of those paper towel tubes that I kind of leave in the the bottom of the tub. And as I knock everything else out, everything kind of freaks out and runs into those paper towel tubes. So then I've got all the insects in like a little tube. And then I kind of bash that into a jar or, you know, a container or whatever that I can then put yeah. my calcium powder or multivitamin powders or whatever in. So it's kind of yeah. just an easy way to get them out of the tub. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you do something similar?
0: No, I just bash the egg crate into a tub. Straight <laughs> I out. I just straight out. But I, I did. I, did you post a video or something of doing that? Or you might have said it before, but I actually like, I'm actually going to try that. So I'm actually going to get rid of this container and redo it, put a vent on the lid. And I'm actually going yeah. to try that that tube.
1: It's easy because you just leave it in there. Like it doesn't have to be anything special. Yeah. You know, we've always got them kicking around, right? Like, I mean, exactly. You, should, you could use a, pa- a toilet paper one if you really wanted to, but yeah. I think it's just because I use those. Um, speaking of crickets, I've got a few rogue ones running around me right now. A bunch of them. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I just use like a, a you know pasta sauce jar or something to put my. My calcium powder in and it's just a nice yeah. little convenient jar that I can walk around with dishing out crickets or, or roaches or whatever so
0: yeah and see mine's got a big open I mean it's a deep container it's an old uh, one out of the kitchen mm. but um I like the idea of having the, the small hole on the top that way you yeah. know it's not like less chance of the crickets jumping out because it's a smaller opening
1: I mean and if you're doing a lot of roaches too you could actually put like a little bit of flu on around that inside edge so yeah I mean that's something that we didn't touch on there, but essentially for crickets you don't really need to put any no. kind of like insect barriers around your your tubs as such. But with cockroaches because they can climb smooth surfaces with ease, yeah. it's not a bad idea to have you know a kind of 50 50 60 mil insect barrier around the top of your your tub. So um, most people use fluon which kind of gets painted on essentially. Um, but other than that, like I actually use petroleum jelly myself. I just found that that's just super easy to reapply, um, and probably easier to find as well. Fluon got a bit hard to find at one point there as well. Seems pretty good these days. Look, I know you can jump straight onto eBay, and there's always yeah. like tons of that available up there. Um, my biggest problem with fluon, and look, don't get me wrong, both have their downsides. My biggest problem with fluon is the amount of time that it took to app, like actually put it on the containers. Yeah. So you have to kind of like wait for it to dry, maybe do another layer of it, you know, like and rotate yeah. the tub as you go. But if you put a scratch through that flu on, then the can get roaches can climb straight out there and it's not hard to scratch. Yeah. At least with petroleum jelly, you can kind of just rub a whole layer through it, you know, under a minute, you're done, you're ready to go. Um, but then if you have a really hot day in summer and the tub gets hot, then sometimes the jelly will run and then you've got the same sort of problem. <laughs>
0: yeah. So,
1: yeah, you've got you to gotta just keep an eye on it and you've got to be a bit smart about it. But I have a feeling that... Uh, not being in a garage
0: anymore, I won't have that issue. We'll with the trailer, that issue. Shall we? Yeah. yeah, I've actually. Um, speaking of feeding and stuff, I've actually ordered some um, some new stuff. I'm going to try, um, try the um cricket food out as well. So, oh, I'll yeah. be handy give that a whirl. See how that works. What What did you get? Ah, uh, it's like a, a basically where I've been getting my crickets from. They supply like they've got like a pretty much got everything for for. Feeding crickets and this and that, so it's just like a cricket food. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head what it is, but that should hopefully be rock up pretty soon. So that's it, sorry. Yeah, do you want to give
1: where you get your crickets from a shout out, or do you want to keep it secret for now? So you keep still got stock.
0: Well, they're still low on stock, so I've been getting like small packs from what I can actually get in, it's just uh, just crickets, um, on the coast, so um. Yeah, they're still low in stock, but um, I know a few of the bigger places now have stock. So if I can't get a large order from them, I might have to resort to one of the larger places. Uh, yeah, they're still low. Oh no, actually no, I might actually have to do an order pretty soon. There we go, they've got larger orders, but um, two seconds, I'll just see what the, the where is it? Yeah, so they've got like a set like cricket feed as well, right? So they got like bags of cricket feed. Um, so I just thought I would try one of them out and see what it's like. Mm. Give it a whirl. I mean, Don't I like help. trying new things. So, um, but yeah, I can always resort back to the old old methods. But um,
1: yeah, good stuff. Uh, so, so I feel like we've kind of talked about insects a little bit. Like, I mean, we could probably yeah. go into a little bit more detail about like life cycles and stuff like that but maybe we could leave that for another episode maybe we could actually get somebody that's like a an insect breeder on or something like that yeah you know does like a this is a day job essentially so that could that could be something cool to look into yeah um but maybe we'll just get into a bit of generalized chat about rodents and you know kind of snake and large monitor food and and all that sort of gear yeah so when you dealt with a lot of rodents you, you just them in you didn't you never bred
0: them or anything like that, did you no nah, i i used to buy them off or um, well, he still does it peter birch back in the day yeah. years ago well, i had a i had a local guy he was before i found peter birch he was a local guy up in summersby somewhere i can't remember his name i just it was a house phone number i used to just ring him yeah tell him what i wanted and then i'd meet him up up in summersby and then um he'd just give me what i asked for and then i'd pay him and I was on my merry way. Some, um, he was an older fella. I, I could not remember his name, but, yeah, basically used to go for him. And then one day I tried ringing and I don't know if he changed phone numbers. just didn't there. And then a bit of a look around and this and that. And then someone, it was actually it was actually the the girl at my local coffee shop. I've walked in one day. This was oh, years ago, my local coffee shop back then. And she had, I think I uh, had um, flyers, colorful critters, like um, pamphlets, She actually had some of them in the shop and I'm looking at it, I'm like, what the heck? What's And I obviously, you know, picked it up, had a look, and then I saw that he did rodents. I was like, beautiful. So I pretty much started to get my rodents from him. And then, yeah, I never bred rodents, obviously, like we spoke about before, but I just mix it up, rats, mice. But back then it was more like, you know, obviously varied diets wasn't such of a big thing back then. It was always like, mm-hmm. you know, you get your jungle python, you feed it mice because they were finicky feeders because I was big into my jungles back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you sort of switched them over to rats and that's basically what you kept in mind. Never tried anything else because you didn't want them to get off rats just in case you could have gone back on rats. So pretty yeah. much once they got to a size, I fed them rats and then they just stayed on rats. But, um, you know, I had one jungle that was a little bit fussy and it, went through a phase where it refused rats and so I'd go back to adult mice and try rats again and then I'd go back to rats and I'm like, oh, beautiful, I'm not changing and then I'd go fussy again. But, <laughs> yeah, that was back in the day where, you know, it was basically everything had to be fed rats it's because, you know, rats were better at this and that. But, yeah. you know, this day and age, yeah, there's a lot of variety out there.
1: <laughs> oh, there's a lot of variety, that's for sure. Yeah. Like hearing what some people were like feeding like baby carpets <laughs> Owen. Owen. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it, it's it's good to see, but, it, it, you know, it just makes you kind of think, right? Like, you know, they're not just waiting for that fluffy white mouse to just That's run exactly past right. in the wild, so they're I going to be, be striking you think it all sorts.
0: Your fillets or something the other day to a carpet?
1: Yeah, yeah, a little goldfish or something. I think yeah. it's was feeding them guppies or something at one point. Something like that. Yeah, something like that, but, yeah. No, it's, yeah, good. it's exactly. good. It's good. It's all variety, right? Like, and anything to get them going. Like, I mean, I had that olive python that was an absolute – you know, awesome snake, but did not want to touch anything but quails.
0: Yeah. Okay? But I mean, at yeah. the same time, like certain species are probably only eating birds. Exactly. You know? But I mean, it's one of those things, like what do you if you can give them a variety like, you know I've never really read too many studies on what they're actually eating in the wild, um pythons and that. That actually be pretty something to look into i think i might actually do that but you know if you can try and mimic a bit of a broader range of food for them that's you know i mean they can survive off mice and rats yeah of course like look where we are Look how many years have people been breeding carpets for yeah you know feeding just rats or green tree pythons in the u.s just feeding mice
1: well, you and I can survive off cheeseburgers, mate, but does that mean yeah. it's the best yeah. thing for us?
0: That's right. I've survived yeah. off cheeseburgers for quite a few years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so have I and a few cold ones to boot, but, yeah. you know, Especially at you the same time, problem. doesn't mean it's the best thing. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. But, no, like, look, I mean, rodents are one of those things that, you know, they... They tend to be like the mainstay. That's kind of like the cricket or the woodroach of the the rodent eating world. Um, But the benefit of them, especially things like mice, is the amount of sizes and like uh, even getting pinky mice and stuff. Like I love getting pinky mice for my guanas. You know, just because they're just this tiny little mouthful for them. But whole at the same prey. time, that is that little protein hit. They're a little bit of whole yeah. prey. Uh, even the fuzzy mice, you know, I'm more than happy to cut up a fuzzy mouse while it's frozen. Yeah. Uh, don't do it when it's <laughs> not frozen. Um, yep. But at the same time, you know, that just gives them something to nibble on that's a bit more, you know, bone, fur, all that sort of stuff. Can pack weight on a lot of animals really quickly. So, you know, that's why you've got to be cautious about it with a lot of lizards and stuff like that.
0: But Even your, your rough nod tails. So, you know, you'd see people feeding mm-hmm. them, mice, frogs even. Yep. Like green tree frogs, you see videos of them devouring like mice, adult mice, like
1: Yep. My frill neck loves a fuzzy mouse here and there.
0: Yeah. So but yeah, like you said, that's the, the size is a good thing, having the, the size variety. But um I remember reading years ago people were against feeding birds because obviously, you know, they reckon that the the shits would be runny and this and that, but Who cares? Exactly.
1: What's it doing for the snake that's beneficial, you know? Think about all that roughage in those feathers and, you know,
0: all the keratin and stuff like that that are yeah. getting from all those feathers. Yeah, yeah there might be, be all... a bit of excess, excess stuff that it might not absorb. That's why it might be a bit runny. But Oh, yeah. I that.
1: mean, it doesn't matter what anything eats. There's always going to be yeah. some form of waste out the other end and whether that's
0: good or bad or whatever, you know, like that's… It's like taking a multivitamin. Exactly. You know, whatever you don't absorb, you go to the toilet. You're like, what the this nuclear reactor? <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, not like all that expensive still, piss, mate. Yeah, that's yeah exactly. Um, but you know, like you're still absorbing some of the stuff in there that you might be lacking in. But yeah, I think a varied diet's a good thing if if you can do. It. I mean, there's no harm in just feeding mice and rats if that's all you. All you cause some people might not have the stomach to feed. Yeah, oh, yeah. Birds and this and that, like, or goats and pigs and
1: <laughs> all the good stuff. Yeah, but um, yeah. I think the weirdest thing for me recently, or in the last few years, has been getting used to feeding yabbies out.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so would
1: be. you know, just because it's like this armored creature that walks around with these giant pincers, and you're giving it to an animal you know and it's a vicious animal that decides to destroy it in front of you and stuff you know it's um it can be a little bit to handle but you know that's one of those animals that's a real odd one to kind of feed off because you know if a lizard like a smaller lizard is eating a cockroach or a cricket or something like that or even a mealworm like you barely hear a crunch or there might be like a little subtle crunch but when a four-foot goanna decides to eat a adult yabby that's a massacre like that's that's pretty full on to kind of take in hand. And, you know, that's one thing that obviously you don't usually get with mice, rats, quails, rabbits, anything like that because generally you're feeding frozen thawed or fresh killed or something okay. like that. Um, but, yeah, there's a different aspect when you've got an animal actually hunting another animal inside of a cage. It's yeah pretty full on with those bigger invertebrates I find. But, yeah, again, good calcium ratio in those those shells. It's interesting to watch too. It is. It's interesting to be able to see the fact that, like, Loki, for example, is really smart around the claws. Like, she knows how to dodge the claws or she grabs the claws first and flings the animal so the rest of it rips off. Yep. Then it'll eat the claws and then find the animal that doesn't have claws anymore. Yeah.
0: I was blown away when I first saw it. I was like, wow. Like, obviously, in the wild, that's probably what they're feeding on. Like, you go walk in any of the, the creeks and that, you find, you know, yabbies everywhere. Like, mm. so obviously, up I've, you've been up there, I haven't been up there, but you know, they're obviously eating those things in the wild. So they've obviously naturally adapted to work out hey, stay away from the, the pointy end and exactly go there first and dispose of them. And then you got yeah. a nice treat. Well, that's like the magpies with the cane toads, like they've mm. worked out, you know, flip them upside down, you can eat them, but just don't eat that part there. Like, yeah, amazing evolution, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Quick bout of evolution with the cane toads, though. Like that's only been fifty years or whatever it's been. Yeah. maybe a bit longer than that. But you know, like that's relatively short in the scheme of things, really, for animals that's to be right. starting to kind of become smart and then, you know, figure that out. Like, yeah, that, I find that incredible. Yeah, that, that really blew me away when I when I read that. I was like, wow. Uh, something something else that people quite often feed is, you know, as we kind of mentioned, like live fish, but the, in particular for people like that uh, got a lot of tree snakes. I think yeah. tree snakes tend to be one of those things where people will quite happily go and put like a big bowl of guppies or goldfish or something just like that. Just leave them know. in
0: there.
1: Yep, just so they've got something to hunt. Um, I did try that with my brown tree snakes. They had absolutely zero interest in that. They'd much rather a drop-fed mouse. So Yeah, right. I don't know if that's just because they were captive bred and born, obviously, so then they kind of, you know, only knew mice. They never wanted to take a punt at that. But I know a lot of people with, um, in particular, like green tree snakes or that kind of group, they tend to have good success with guppies and
0: and that sort of thing. I remember reading that in a couple of books and stuff. But, I mean, it's it's, – I wonder – another thing too is if they are a bit hard to get going. But, you know, that's something they got going on, so that's just something that they've just kind of, you know, left them with instead of trying to get them onto something else. But um, but at the same time too, like, is it just more of a convenience thing feeding mice and rats for the keeper rather than the animal?
1: Oh, look, I kind of find it like one of those things that if an animal's eating something, as long as it's eating something, then that makes it good, you know. Like it was always – I mean, I'm pretty lucky that I work at a pet shop, so it wasn't hard for me yeah. to get quails for the olive python, but at the same time it was like – oh you have to specifically think of that particular animal to make sure that you get his, you know, Quail. 10, 10, 12 quails or whatever for the year to yeah. make sure that he's, he's fed. Yeah, um, But, yeah, no, in, in saying that, like, as long as an animal is eating food, I'm happy. Yeah, exactly. doesn't matter what it's feeding, as yeah. long as it's eating something and it's growing and it's doing what it should be doing, it's awesome. If you can um, vary it a little bit, that's even better.
0: But if you can't, you can't at the end of the day too. But, I mean, you know, in the wild, they're not going to be too picky with what they get, you know, because obviously they're too picky. They're not going to last too long. So, Well,
1: that's just it. And then that brings you around to a whole new argument.
0: Should all these things be surviving (laughs) in captivity? (laughs) Yeah, that's an argument for a different day. but (laughs) But, yeah. Definitely, definitely. But at the end of the day, it's captivity as well. So, you know. That's it. Not the wild.
1: That's it. Yeah, so, um, I mean, let's just throw out some supplies for some food out there while we can to try to give a bit of a shout-out to some of the guys that, um, you know, do yeah. breed a bit of these things. Obviously, we mentioned Peter Birch, so that's uh, Rodent Brothers. Yeah, So, you can check him out on Facebook and place an order through there. I want to give um, Andy from Fuzzy Fox a shout-out. Yep. Yeah. Um, he does a fair few rodents kind of down Illawarra away, down Wollongong. Um, you've got supplies such as live foods, bio supplies, um, just crickets, stuff Cricket like that for Cricket King. Yeah. Um, Brian's worms. I don't know if he's still doing it, but he absolutely pumped out earthworms as well as wood roaches. Um, yeah, right. And I think That's he also runs the Wood, wood, wood Roach breeders page in australia so he's got plenty of helpful tips there if you do want to start up colonies and stuff like that um actually while we're on that topic that awesome video by verana bay if you ever want to breed woodroaches, yes. get on youtube and look up verana bay and he has probably the most well explained woodroach breeding video that i've found so yeah that's a really good one to see um, yabby dabby doo I believe if I said that correctly, that is Tyson's, oh, yep, Tyson's Yabby's yeah. Supplier. So yep. I've, I've been keen to do an order with him, but I just don't need that many Yabbies at once. That's my only downside. Yeah. So I think once I get rid of these turtles, maybe I'll start up a Yabby pond.
0: Can you actually eat Yabbies?
1: Yeah, you can. He's got human-grade ones. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that'd be something I'd be interested in as well. Yeah. Interesting fact, when Loki takes a turd after eating Yabbies, she lays orange turds. And I think that's because the yabby cooks inside
0: of her.
1: <laughs> I could be completely wrong, but that's my theory.
0: Because <laughs> you're sitting under the basking light. Like, that's probably what forty plus degrees. Like,
1: yeah, probably ends up. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, little theory there. <laughs> I asked Tyson. He reckons the same thing happens with Doc. So interesting, interesting. Yeah. I'd like to know some science behind that. So if you do know more about why that happens. I'd love to know. Um, <laughs> what else have we got?
0: There's uh, heaps out there. There's oh, heaps of tons,
1: ton, tons of rodent suppliers. I think top end pythons still do rodents as well.
0: Yeah. They're Sydney-based guys. Um, there's a lot less insect suppliers I found mm. than there is rodent suppliers. Like uh, most, most major areas have probably a rodent supplier in that area. Yeah, of course. But when it comes to bugs, it's a little bit um. Or quantity of bugs, anyway. Especially at the moment, after that yeah. shortage, I noticed a lot of the larger ones are kind of back up and up and running now, at full swing. So, mm.
1: um, but yeah, I know Pisces still doesn't have their woodies available yep. yet, but which is kind of surprising because you'd think you know that'd be so easy to get back up and running versus crickets. You know, I was more worried about the fact that when they had that cricket shortage, that you know that would take them longer to bounce back from that. But anyway, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, interesting stuff. But no, I don't know, mate. Have you got anything else you want to kind of add to this? Um,
0: not really. Like I said, re- breeding, uh, this kind of stuff, and that's not really my forte. I was just more of a, a feed it. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, there is, you could get pretty into depth with like, you know, nutri- nutrient values and this and that. But like you said, it'd be good to have someone on in that field that probably wouldn't butcher it as much as us mugs
1: yeah yeah like i mean i'd i would I could probably go further into rodent breeding and stuff like that but I, i feel like i'd kind of want to have somebody on that does it on a mass scale yeah um that you know has had years of experience like maybe we could get peter on or daz on or something like that again and and to talk about that sort of stuff um and you know it'd be cool to kind of tee up somebody that was like a bug breeder at the same time to see if we can hmm. kind of get like a bit of a round table or something happening with actually maintaining these animals as like a, a rotational stock essentially to keep reptiles yeah. supplied. So yeah, that'll be something that maybe we look into in the in the future. Yeah, definitely. But no, all right. Mate. Well, if you're uh, if you're happy, we'll sign it off and yeah, call it a night and hit the sack. right. Well, uh, guys, we'd like to say a massive thanks to Eric and Owen and the rest of the NPR crew for having us. If you'd like to contact them, it's best to find them at moreliapythonradio.net and email them at info Make sure to follow the NPR network on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at NPR network. As far as contacting us in our social media platforms, you can email us at Culture at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. Make sure to check out our Teespring store for podcast merch. The link is on the Facebook page. To see more of what Jason is doing, make sure to follow him on Facebook and Instagram at the Gecko Effect. For myself, you can find me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, and Teespring under BT Scaly Beasts. We hope to have you back next week for another episode of the Australian Hepticulture Podcast. Good night, guys.
0: Good night.